and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I've got H. Nicole from Saida uh, having a chat with me about body image was sort of our main topic. Yeah. We'll see how closely we stay on that. We might drift off a little bit. Um, but tell me to start off, um, what is Saida? What, <clears throat> what does that mean? <laughs> Saida is an acronym for South Yorkshire Eating Disorder Association. It's a charity that works with um, people struggling with eating in, uh, well, can, struggling with disordered eating or with uh, eating disorders across South Yorkshire. Yeah. And it's, it's funded... Uh, in Sheffield, Barnsley, Rotherham and Doncaster. Okay. And we sort of met through some training actually that I did through Light with yourself um, on body image and also some training on disordered eating, which was so interesting and so interesting through a professional perspective, but also an individual. And, you know, we've all got our own journey and experiences and situations around body image. And a lot of that can be connected to growing up and things that have happened in our past and I found it really really interesting and quite triggering at times but mm. almost in a positive way the things that triggered me sort of really made me reflect and think oh I wasn't expecting to feel mm. this way it was really interesting um and with me sort of working and living in the birth world and having two young daughters everything comes back into my mind around my daughters and body image and discussions with them as they get older um mm. Do you find that your work is with younger people or older people, or is it a mix? It's a mix, actually. I mean, when we talk about, so when we talk about body image, we're talking to kids in schools Mm. um, because early intervention has fantastic impacts. The earlier you can talk to kids and get them to understand the impact of a negative body image, Mm. um, the the better their life outcomes are. but in terms of eating disorders and disordered eating, we we work with uh, from uh, I think fourteen onwards mm. in a face to face way. So we do lots of therapies. We do lots of um, different therapies: occupational therapy, counselling, uh, CBT. Mm. We do behavioural um, work, uh, and we do support groups as well. And and the people that come to all of those different services really do. Very hugely, I would say it's predominantly women. Yeah. Um, but we do have quite a lot of men as well, and yeah, and a lot of younger people mm. that we work with in uh, satellite sites in yeah, you know, Barnsley and yeah. Doncaster. You do a lot. You really cover a lot, don't you? It's, it's a huge remit. <laughs> yeah, and there is so much within it, isn't there? There's so many different circumstances um, that can mean someone <laughs> might need this type of support. Yeah, and. Body image is, you know, it's so in the public eye now, talking about being positive and accepting our bodies. And I I find that really hard Mm. because I, and I talk to a lot of women because that's who I talk to mainly about this. You know, it's really hard to truly accept your body image and feel positive about it. And, And me and a colleague in the office talk a lot about how we like, we almost pretend to accept our bodies and be happy with them, because that's the thing now. Yes. We want our children to see us accepting and loving our bodies, but we don't really. And that was a really interesting thing that came out of, I'm not sure if it was the course that 
you were on, mm. but that conversation comes up time and time again, that um, mums uh, and parents are very conscious yeah. of that communication and the need to communicate in a, in a way that isn't about body is value. Mm. You know, it's not what you look like, that's mm. not the important thing, but you inside, yeah. you have all those historical messages, you've yeah. got what your mum used to say to you, you've got yeah. all those media influences, and all of it's all of it's bombarding you constantly. Mm. The problem being that kids, and in particular neurodivergent yeah. kids, will spot yeah. you lying to them. Yeah. And so, how do you how do you continue that positive message mm. whilst also being true to yourself? Yeah. Sixty four percent, you know, or more of mm. women have a negative body image. Yeah. Then that's an, an that's incredibly a, yeah. difficult thing to it's, deal with. I I definitely find myself overcompensating. Yeah. Because I don't feel I love every part of my body and. But I overcompensate and I almost put this show on to my daughters. Like, look how strong mummy is. Look how great mummy is. And they're going, mummy's just performing. Yeah, and they're probably thinking, oh, well, calm down, mum. You know, like I'm over, really over-egging it. Yeah. And I think that comes from my own, you know, like you said, the influences that are in, on us in our life. I grew up as a dancer. I went to drama school when I was 16. I was okay. the fattest one there at a size eight. I was, I was the biggest girl really there. <laughs> yeah, I look back and think, God, like eat a meal but you know I yeah I was the, I was the, always the fat one yeah um and that had a massive impact on me and then did you did you see yourself as very big then? yeah 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 and I'm five foot one and a half mm. and I was Same a size yeah I'm a size eight and all the dancers around me were six foot and stick thin and supermodel type body shapes yeah. and that was a challenge and actually I really look back and think, God, I will never let my daughters do that. I'll yeah. never let them go to dance school. I'll never let them, like, I want to protect them. But you can't protect them, can you? Yeah. Um, whether you are, you know, in that sort of world and dancing in that sort of world or, or in a different, there's always going to be outside influences coming in. We can't protect our children from absolutely everything. Absolutely. And I and I was in a similar situation that I did ballet. Mm. And I'm the same height. Yeah. So, you know... You, you struggle even with food portions. You yeah. get the same food portion size yeah. for everyone, and we're not all the same height. Yeah. So just having to control your food at that young age, mm. and I'm talking like seven, eight, nine, yeah. it was how thin you are. But yeah. then the boobs yeah. happened. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, dancers with boobs is not mm. a thing. It's it's mm. still quite rare. So yeah. you've got all that other stuff going yeah. on. You've got... Um, how how you get used to your own body changing and mm. it's and it's I would say it's very similar in pregnancy that yeah. suddenly weird things are happening yeah. and what you saw as your self identity if, you know if you if you've had a, a similar weight or mm. size shape yep. all your life yep. suddenly wildly different yeah and how do you manage reactions Absolutely. to that and I think when we don't yourself? live in a society that accepts us to change our bodies to change we live in a society that. As a certain age woman, you should have children, but you better not look like you've had any yeah. children. And that, to me, baffles my... It, it baffles me that I even think that. Yeah. That I even give myself this expectation that my body should look like it did when I was 25 yeah. before I had children. Yeah. Of course it's not. You know, Even if I hadn't had children, it's not going to look like it no, did 10 it years goes ago. Downwards. It does, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. But it's, it's just ridiculous that we don't live in a world where that is ever seen as okay and i think i think an awful lot of that is to do with well there are many reasons mm. aren't there but one of the one of the things about that is is the 
the idea of women as valuable because yeah. we are fertile. Yeah. And the minute we're not, yeah. or we demonstrating our fertility and being mm. pregnant is mm. is wonderful and everybody mm. loves that. But the minute that we have had that baby, yeah. then th that's not acceptable anymore yeah. because it's not a beautiful sign of fertility. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a mum. That's it. And, it. and a lot of that is like, I think for a lot of people, recognising that those fairly patriarchal ideas mm -hmm. um, impact you in such a negative way. Yeah. It, it, it helps to just go, yeah. that's, why, that's why I'm feeling bad about yeah. how I look. That's yeah. why I'm supposed to bounce back. Yeah. Um, and that takes some of the pressure off a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. It's, um, I feel there's so many situations where this would work where, as women, we are meant to have these babies. Everyone's expecting us to have these babies, and we have these babies. And then society says, now don't talk to us and don't come back until you look like you haven't had babies and you can behave like you don't have them. Yeah. So society doesn't want to know until you're back in full-time work, back yes, in your working, jeans. doing everything. Yeah, and... Looking perfect. Exactly. And it's just ridiculous that that is where we're at and a lot of us really do feel that pressure and we have such high expectations of ourselves yeah. that it's you know when you do sit down and you really think about it you think actually no like no wonder I'm knackered yeah. no wonder I'm looking in the mirror and hating myself no wonder I feel so you know I don't want to go out I don't want to see people I don't want to do things because I just feel so low yeah low. how are you supposed to meet all these expectations Absolutely. and and because we internalize them mm -hmm. And, and and again, noticing that you're internalising yeah. these, these unachievable expectations yeah. um, is, is kind of, it's not going to make it go away. No. But it kind of protects you a little bit. Yeah. That you go, well, okay. And particularly, you know, if you're on your own and you've yeah. got no, you know, or you're isolated, you've got no help, whatever. Yeah. If you're really struggling on your own. Mm. We were just talking about yeah. being on our own and trying yeah. to navigate the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, then you you recognise that you need help from other people. You yeah. recognise that yes, of course you look exhausted. Of mm. course you don't want to go out. Mm. Of course you're low. Mm. You're using a massive amount of energy, mm. emotional and physical, and you and your body is yeah. changing yeah. based on you know post yeah. post pregnancy yeah. uh, challenges. It's, Absolutely, it's it's ridiculous to think you can be mm. everything and do everything. Yeah, and it's ridiculous yeah. that anyone would expect you to. Yeah. I think something that's really, um, I've, I've thought about it quite a lot more recently is after I had my second daughter, so I had my, I had five pregnancies pretty much back to back. The first three ended in miscarriage and then I had my two daughters pretty much back to back. Mm. And after, I, throughout my first pregnancy, not my first pregnancy, I hate it when I say that because I feel like I do a disservice to the babies I've lost. Yeah. My pregnancy with my first daughter is what I should say. Mm is I was so worried, what will my body look like afterwards? Mm. I had been the same size pretty much my entire life. I've been about the same weight since I'd been about 16. I had been the same. My body had never looked different. And then it did look different. And that almost was a little bit exciting because mm. I was like, oh, things look different on me now. Like maybe I'll go shopping and buy something different. But then I also had the thought of what will I look like when this baby comes? What will my body do? spent majority of that pregnancy worrying about what my body would look like after I had a baby. Mm. You have the baby. And I was in, oh my God, I've got a baby. It doesn't matter what I wear. I just need to do the baby bit. I didn't quite get time to then come back down to earth and start looking in the mirror because I was already pregnant again. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, now what's my body going to look like this time? 
But part of me was like, well, we're here now. <laughs> like, let's just see what we get, you know. Half yeah. that second baby was in the depths of postnatal depression after her. I was so low. And all I can remember everyone saying to me, because I never told anyone how I felt, was, wow, you look great to say you've had two kids. You look so skinny. Oh, I mean, I didn't eat. I don't think I probably ate a sandwich in a whole week. Like, yeah. I, I didn't eat. I didn't drink. I didn't sleep. I was so poorly. And all anyone ever said was, you look so skinny to and say I'm, you've had two kids. And I'm really sorry that you struggled <laughs> and couldn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it I got there in the end. It took me a while. But I remember feeling validated. For feeling that felt, awful. I thought, well, at least I'm skinny. And this, and this <laughs> really speaks to the body image thing. It really yeah. does. And, you know, not, not, not to, um, to lessen how mm. horrible it is to mm. be in that position. Mm. You know, in terms yeah. of in terms of um, pregnancy, but um, slimming world, for yes. instance. Yeah. So, um, if you if you look on TikTok, TikTok's brilliant. I mm -hmm. mean, I I counselled people, um, well, all sorts of people, but I've you know I've worked with people with eating disorders. I yeah. don't I don't work as a counsellor in Saida, mm -hmm. but um, I I have counselled people with eating disorders who are told, you know, the, the messages. That they get are so ridiculous and there's a mm. big TikTok mm -hmm. group yeah uh you know it's a, it's a huge thing on TikTok, which is an anti slimming world anti mm. weight watchers approach mm. and they talk about all these things where they're validated for they somebody was saying they had um a, a gastronal infection yeah. and yeah. they lost like three yes. stones because they were just being sick yeah and you know that was that was so brilliant because look mm. how well you've done that. Yeah. It's not doing well. No. That is being I, I think back to that time and I think Ill. I would rather have been five stone heavier and not depressed. Yeah. Absolutely. I would have given anything to have got out of that dark place. And 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 even now, I still have it now. Um occasionally so I've you know recently gone through a divorce and, and going back into sort of the dating world and dipping my toe in that water. Hearing men say to me when I say, oh, I've got two daughters, they go, you don't look like you've had kids. And I think, oh, well, I have. And also, and I what does like, that look I like? I know, I think, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. Is this a good thing? Like, yeah. And when you talked about that fertility, I think, oh, you know, in the sort of cave membrane, they're thinking, this person looks fertile. Yeah. That is basically <laughs> what they're saying to that. me. Um, and I think, I will never reproduce with you. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's that it's that youth youthful fertile yeah so so in terms of body image it's not just about weight and this is yeah. what we talk about a lot it's about shape but it's also mm. about age yeah so as somebody who's getting on now a yeah. little bit um on, in the dating market that is absolutely yeah. fascinating because the minute i turned 50 mm -hmm. no one paid any attention really? and you know and you notice this in the street, yeah, that you don't get the catcalls and you don't get yeah. the second glances yeah. after forty something. Yeah. But when you just that number on a on a dating yeah. app, it yeah. says how old you are. Yeah, that's it. That's another Nothing. thing. Yeah, and it is it is the science of it is the fertility. That is what someone is looking for, whether they know they're looking for that or not. Yeah. Um. But how ridiculous in a fifty-five-year-old yeah. man. Mm. That they would be looking for exactly. that. And there are many other reasons why a fifty-five-year-old <laughs> divorced sure. man might be looking for yeah. a younger person. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and 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 it's very evident. But it's 
it doesn't happen for guys no. because they can go on forever. Yeah. Um, but women, it's it, it hits you very hard, and I yeah. think um, and and the the prevalence of eating disorders in in uh, in old when I say older, you know, mm. not that old, but mm, you know, mm. uh, you, you think about say anorexia nervosa yeah. being a, a young person's yeah. illness and. It's, you know, it, it, eating disorders are hitting women mm. in their 50s and 60s and 70s. And if we think about wow. when, um, if we think about our mums and grannies yeah. and then the number of people that tell me when we're talking about body image on these courses, mm. um, yeah, all I remember is my gran was 75 and she was still talking about dieting, yeah. still talking about losing yeah. weight. My mum and my gran bonded mm, a lot yeah. over that. This is, I think this is something that I've found very prevalent in my life is, uh, we call it Weight Watchers, we call Fat Club. Yeah. We've always called it Fat, Fat Club. Club. And my mum has been going to Fat Club since I can remember. I think maybe my first memories of Fat Club when I was six maybe. Yeah. 34 now. She's still going to Fat Club. So it's not working. <laughs> she's still going. Do you know what? She has recently lost a lot of weight. She looks really healthy. And she's much happier. So I'm really pleased for her. However, Fat Club... Every Saturday morning at the church has been discussed my entire life. Yeah. There's been times when my mum said, why do you come to Fat Club with me? It's a religion. Yeah. It's a religion. And, and you know what? My mum loves it. <laughs> and I'm happy she loves it. And she's met lots of friends there. And yeah. that's great. She loves making recipes for people. And my mum really enjoys cooking. And I think she gets a lot out of it. Yeah. But I really am at a point where I'm like, mum, we can't talk about Fat Club in front of my daughters. Yeah. We need to be careful what we say about Fat Club. Yeah. It doesn't help that I call it Fat Club. No. That doesn't help at all. No. But it's been so prevalent in, and I'm sure there's probably lots of people listening who think, yes, my mum does, or I go, or, and, and I've got a lot of friends who are my age who started going at 15 and 16 yeah. with their mum. And I remember my mum saying, why don't you come? Thinking, no, mum, yeah. I'm all right. And those messages that we get when, we, when we're, young teens mm. um i mean the, the evidence that you kids kids are starting to look at and understand the concept of yeah. weight and acceptable weight yeah at like four and five yeah which is horrific but by the time you get to teen i mean now th there's something like 25 percent of of girls at 13 mm. to 15 are actively dieting Oh my god! And they're still developing, and they, it you breaks know, my heart. They still yeah. need their brains are still developing, their yeah. bodies are still developing, and they're yeah. restricting yeah. and controlling what they're eating at that age. And yeah. you know, we had that experience yep. with dance because yep. you know yeah, that's quite absolutely. old for a dancer, isn't yeah. it? But uh, you know, just just sort of day to day yeah. moving around in the world yeah. to be that of you know that obsessed and that. Yeah that controlled mm. um it's it's really so sad you it know? is i think something that's definitely helped me i've always struggled with body image and i've done cbt to focus on self-esteem self-worth body image was a and that really helped me and i still struggle and there's still times i catch myself going back to sort of old ways of thinking mm. and that really helped me and i'm not at all ashamed to admit that that i you know i needed therapy to believe i had any self-worth mm. in, in terms of my physical appearance um which, you know, I'm sure there's probably so many others that have felt similar as well. Yeah. Um, but something that's really helped me as I've got a bit older and I've had my daughters is now, you know, I still struggle. I don't look in the mirror and think, wow, I look, I'm looking great. Like, you know, there are days where I think, oh, I look all right. And there's days I think, God, I look like a troll. But actually, I think 
it, I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Like all the worrying and thinking. Yeah. Because I, for years, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do. And I don't. Yeah. I don't do any of those. And I just sit there thinking I'm going to do it, knowing I'm not, then feeling guilty that I didn't do it. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Let's just not. Let's not do that. And that's and that's escaping that cycle yeah. of shame. Yeah. And 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 that cycle that cycle of uh, I should. Yeah. And then not. And, and then, then shame. Yeah. Is is eating? Yeah. That's eating disorder land. Yes. And that's how people yeah. get into absolutely trying to, you know, con- control and then feeling bad and then mm. you know eat, binging particularly. Feeling bad, eating too much, feeling yeah. guilty, throwing up. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's incredibly pattern, easy. But, yeah. But and and isn't that interesting that your 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 reason for going, I've had enough of this is exhaustion. Yeah. I'm and just I, too tired. I, I wonder to do it. how much that is the case that we, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's the therapy is doing something, yeah. but the the actual physical, yeah. mental and emotional yeah. exhaustion. I just I know as a single mum who works, I haven't got time. To be worrying about that, I've got to exactly. worry about uniforms and packed lunches now. Exactly, swimming. Yes, swimming kit, that's what It's just yeah. I haven't got the mental capacity to do the worrying yeah. like I used to do. Yeah, I just, the worries on something else now, yeah. um, which has actually like really helped me. It, it, you know, and it's, it's changed and it's, me. And it's what we talk, what we talked about in the workshop in mm. the body image workshop. Yeah. that if if we can change our thinking about body and the value of how we look. Yeah. So that it balances a little mm. bit more yeah. with what's important in yeah. the, in the world. Yeah. So you, there's you, but there's also there's work, yeah. there's kids, there's yeah. I don't know if your yeah. special interests that you have. Yeah. You know activities that you like to do, mm. connecting with other people. Absolutely. That automatically yeah. stops you. Yeah. Thinking and, so and much and it's, about it, you know, self. I took my girls swimming yesterday, and I think I could have spent all week worrying about what I'm going to look like, and I spent a bit of the week worrying about that like I, I'm not gonna lie, I did spend a bit of time worrying about it mm. but then I think well I'm not gonna not take them swimming so let's just shut up and take them swimming you yeah. know so and the same you know I'm you can watch TikToks all day long about these clothes and dress like this and this <laughs> this is the body image that yeah, we should have don't and, watch those TikToks yeah watch the other TikToks. yes exactly <laughs> buy this dress and everyone's gonna look good in it well I don't because yeah. I don't look like that girl and you know, it's ridiculous to me that as a well-educated 30-odd-year-old woman, I fa- it's taken me all this time to go, oh, it doesn't look good on me because I have a different body. Yeah. I've bought all the stuff and then I've tried it on and gone, oh, no. Weirdly, this doesn't look like Yeah, what, what happened? How come it doesn't... Well, I've got a different body. And yeah. actually just going, oh, no, my body looks like this. Yeah. Let's look at things, you know, or people or influencers or whatever that look similar to me. Yeah. You're gonna probably be let down much less, you know. Well, even you know, I mean, I've I think I've reached the stage now where I'm like, well, let's not even think about yeah. that. Yeah, and and some of it's because um, I'm I, I'm being autistic. I struggle with mm. clothes. I want mm. them all to be comfortable, and yeah. it took me, that took me yeah a long time to realize yeah. that I was just disturbed by my clothes yeah. all the time. So yeah. I decided, right, I'm gonna wear things that are comfortable yeah and it's that like you say it's like you go through life stages yeah of going actually I haven't got time to think about what I look yeah. like to yeah. the extent I used to worry about yeah. it because I've got these responsibilities and then yeah. you go actually no, I just can't be bothered anymore yeah you know why Why am I worrying so yeah. much I'd much it's rather you're just trying to book. fit aren't you you're yeah. trying to fit and in you just get to the stage where mm. it, it isn't important no. anymore 
No. And you being happy and comfortable yeah. is important. And, and I think that you, you, know, you sort of said like an autism sort of perspective on things is like you just want to be comfortable. I very recently said in the office, I just felt really angry all day today. And then I was like, I've realised why. It's because I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> Every day that I wear jeans for work, I have a really bad day. Yeah. And I just feel frustrated and like claustrophobic. Yeah. And it's taken me all this time to be like, oh, you it's the jeans. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and again, it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I have a much better day when I wear leggings. So I'll let's wear leggings. And I'll just buy some more leggings. Like <laughs> Problem solved, some, you know? There's something about, you know, listening listening to yourself and being yeah. nice to yourself yeah and a lot of it i think a lot of it is acceptance it's um we get bombarded with all mm. these messages about yeah. what we should be and how we yeah. should look and i think the, the minute you start to settle into well th this is this is how i am yeah. you know labels in clothes yeah. bug me to death yeah i don't like eating yeah, this thing yeah i don't like being in that yeah. sort of group that sort of environment yeah. the more you can recognize it and be nice to yourself yeah and absolutely. accept that those things are yeah. what you are yeah the, the quicker you can just get yeah. over all those and there's something pressure. liberating isn't there about valuing yourself for everything that you are yes the things that you see as really positive the things that you might not see as quite as positive there's something so liberating being like this is who i am exactly i'm someone that is this size and doesn't like to wear jeans and likes to do these things and has this these family members and like the, accepting yourself as a whole which is not easy and it doesn't mean you love every part of yourself no. but accepting that you have all these things within you is so liberating and you know sharing those things like you know the work that i do i share a lot of things that i once saw as very negative around myself mm. but actually sharing them and and hearing others go oh do you know what i felt like that or i do that has really helped me go, oh, do you know, you know, it's great. Like, yeah. yeah, I do this thing. It's really annoying and I annoy myself when I do it, but I do it and that's all right. It's okay. And, and I think that's what comes out of that body image discussion. Mm -hmm. Like you said early, earlier on, it, it was triggering and it yeah. is really difficult. I yeah. find it quite a difficult workshop to do because yeah. by the time we get to the end mm. and we're having that discussion mm. about what, what, how we see other people struggling with body image yeah. and what do we do yeah then we realize that all of us have got all mm. of these massive concerns mm. all of these really difficult thoughts all mm. of these hard ways of working mm. hard ways of dealing with other people how do you talk to your friend yeah. who's you know mm. obsessed with fat club yeah and yeah and then the more we talk about it the more we mm. realize these these are common this yeah. is common yeah you know these feelings of not being worth it, of, mm. of not being able to cope, mm. of being exhausted mm. by all these expectations, sharing those experiences is phenomenally important yeah. and, and hard. Yeah. But isn't it yeah. great when you go, there are three of you in that yeah. conversation all going, yes, yeah. and I get that. I talk about this all the time, that shame spiral that we can get in. The yeah. only thing that breaks you out of a shame cycle is communicating. Yeah. And it's a time you don't want to communicate because yeah. you feel so much shame <laughs> and you want to hide it and you want to, you know, bury it all down and you're stuck in this cycle in your head. Sharing that, talking to someone, finding the right person, yeah, that's important, but sharing that shame cycle that you get yourself into. Yeah. Because the reaction is never as bad as you think it's <laughs> going to be. And it's usually, yeah, I've thought that, or I've done that, or I've been in your position. That is usually the response. Yeah. And that weight that lifts of going, oh, yeah, all right. That feels a bit better. You know, it just is amazing. And 
it's just finding those times where you can communicate that feels safe to communicate. Yes, and, and with think, the right person. And I think safety. I mean, that's what you that's what you strive for mm-hmm. in a counselling environment. Yeah. Is is allowing the person you're talking to yeah. to feel safe enough. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the time we we work on such a superficial level mm-hmm. and we're all like how are you I'm fine yeah we don't get to the no. how are you actually I'm having yeah. a nightmare yeah and we you know we, the, the expectations of women in particular and women with kids mm. are so vast from yeah. so and there's such a mental load mm-hmm. we're not allowed to yeah. acknowledge that and no. I don't think we're allowed to release that no. into the world absolutely um so you know it I think when 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 people I think what's really lovely and I've seen this with friends is that um when they when they're pregnant or they mm. have small kids they start to mm. bond together yeah. sometimes on a on a deeper level absolutely. than we would normally. Yeah. I absolutely is agree. Fantastic. I think obviously working this role with peer to peer support, I see this and I've felt this in my own personal life as well, the connections that I have made since having children where I am in an environment where I can talk to someone and I feel safe whether that's at a baby group with a mum that I've just met Mm. or it's in a work environment and you can share those things you know things I'd never told anyone yeah you know I'd never I'd not even told my husband I'd not told anybody and there's no you know judgment there's no shame in it it's and you really do connect and I think becoming a parent for me and for a lot of others I think you open up this whole new self yeah um, you know, it's a transitional time in your life, like puberty, like menopause. Yeah. You transition into parenthood and you're like, oh, I've just unlocked a whole new level that I didn't know was there. <laughs> and I'm now exploring who I am yeah. as a parent. And you you need to talk about that. You need to share that. You need to talk to people who are going through it at a similar yeah. time. And yeah, that's, it's so important. Something I really wanted to talk to you about, and I was thinking about this the whole time I was doing the training was... Um, around body image when your body isn't behaving or working in the way that it's, you know, quote-unquote, supposed to. Yeah. And particularly around pregnancy and perinatal. Um, so for me, I really struggled with my sense of self-worth and my and frustration in my body mm. after losing three babies. Mm. And we didn't know why. There was never a reason why. Right. That, I found, like, my body betrayed me. I found yeah. that so hard. And then having my daughter's, my first daughter's birth did not go the way I thought it should have gone. I had an emergency section with her. Mm. Feeding was a nightmare with her. It was so hard and she just, it didn't work. And after six weeks, we went on to formula. So I felt very much like my body was not doing what it was supposed to do. Mm. And I was angry at my body. So not just the physical side of it, I was just really angry internally and I wanted to know why. Mm. And um, at that time, I had come to a place where I'd thought, well, it's clear why my body isn't working right. It's because I'm not a good person and I don't deserve it to work properly. And all these people, because in my mind, every other woman I knew had fallen pregnant perfectly and carried that baby and birthed in this most beautiful, wonderful way and then fed their babies and it was all dreamy. And I thought, well, they all deserve it. They're worthy of that. And I'm clearly not. And that's all I could put it down to. I, mm. I couldn't, and it, it took me a long time to come out of that place. Yeah. Um, is that something you hear or, or is that a theme that you've noticed? And it, and it wasn't. And, and I'm really sorry that happened mm. because that's, I think that the, the, the expectation of, you're, you're, fed, you're fed lies, I guess, mm. about mm. 
pregnancy and birth yeah that are the, the average yeah and um very often not written by women yeah and so the reality the realities um you know well the poo and we is missed out isn't yeah. it yeah you know yeah what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. So the realities is very, very, very different, and yeah. I think sometimes people really are connecting with that ideal, yeah, without going. Well, actually, it might be this, 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 yeah. this, and this, and those aren't the messages that are shared because those are hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and then you are going, okay, I'm I'm not this perfect expected mm. thing, and blame yourself. Yeah. I've heard I've heard it not necessarily in the in the body image workshop so much, but I've definitely heard that mm. in relation to mm. pregnancy and loss loss yeah. of children yeah. is that wanting to know why yes. and being dismissed mm. Mm. and then all of those body changes are happening yeah. without you knowing what's happening yeah. why it's happening yeah dealing with the fact that there's no child at the end and you've yeah. got all the things that are happening yeah. um i think that's a it's a very sad gap that we have in mental health absolutely. services absolutely there's nothing there no and and around conception as well, the, you know, it took me a while to fall pregnant uh, with the first baby initially. And I didn't know where to turn or who to talk to about yeah. that. And, you know, we have this, you know, theme of not telling anyone that you're trying or in the first 12 weeks. So I literally hadn't told a soul. And that was really hard. And I remember finding a podcast. It was called um, the Life Draft podcast. And I might, I'll pop a link actually, because I found it really helpful. Uh, hopefully it's still going. And that really helped me it was the only thing that i found where someone talked about struggling to conceive yeah and then they also talked about losing babies miscarriage mm. it was the only place the only sort of comfort i found that this might not be because i'm a terrible awful person yeah. that actually this happens um i think it's hard as well when you haven't got answers yeah. to why um i know things are slightly different now at the time when I had my miscarriages, I had three consecutive and I was living abroad. It was private healthcare at the time. And the doctor had said to me, well, let's go for a fourth. And if you lose this one, then we'll look into it. But at the minute, we, we can't see any reasons why. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, can I do this again? Yeah. Have I got a fourth in me? Like, yeah. I don't know That's if massive, we have. And, and me and my husband at the time decided, right, we'll go for a fourth. But if we lose this one, that we're done. We're not doing this anymore. Like, we're not. And the fourth ended up being my, my first daughter. So it was great but also we never found out we never got answers we never knew why yeah. um and that's hard because without answers you look for them and you create you know these inner narratives that we have absolutely just then start shouting out really loud things about how it's your fault you did this wrong you yeah. did that wrong i remember you know you think oh did i eat the wrong thing yeah. did i exercise too much yeah. did i not exercise enough did I, you know, and you you know those voices that are probably already there that are quite quiet become a lot louder yeah um and the feeding, that was really difficult because I thought, oh, I finally got this baby that I wanted. And then I, why can't I feed in the right way? Mm. And again, having no answers, the midwife said, oh, the latch looks perfect. You just sat there thinking, well, it well, must thanks. be me then. <laughs> it's me. Well, you know, the baby's perfect, so it's all me. And yeah. I think something that's helped me with that is on reflection now, my daughter's four now, is actually I think she had a tongue tie. And even though tongue tie was checked, no, 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 she doesn't have one. I really now, knowing a lot more about feeding and understanding it and understanding the physicality of it a lot more, mm. it screams tongue-tie mm. to me, which has never been diagnosed, but that helps me understand why, yeah. why that happened, why I felt the way I did. Also, my birth, uh, an induction that led to a C-section, 
I know that can impact your feeding journey as well. Mm. Didn't know that at the time. No one had ever told me that. No, and you're relying on other people's yeah. knowledge and or or willingness to yeah to share their yeah. knowledge. And you don't know what you don't know. Exactly, and all you can do is sit in that not knowing. And yeah. I think that speaks a bit to the the body image challenge. Yeah. Um. When and 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 actually, it was really important that you said that to me because at the time we were talking about body functionality. Mm-hmm. And so I was saying that it was really important not to think about body in terms of image value, yeah. how how people value what you look like, yeah. but trying to personally value what your body can do for yeah. you. Yeah. And you pointed out, which was really important, that not all bodies do what you yeah. what they're supposed to. Yeah. And, and so thinking about that in, in the context of pregnancy, but also in the context of illnesses, yeah. like, um, you know accidents and um mm. all sorts of things that mm. your body can can rebel really yeah. i guess um and and i've thought quite a lot about that and how how can we talk about this in the mm. in, in the context of body image and be helpful and yeah. i think all all really that i've come up with um is is the idea of acceptance yeah and i've talked with colleagues about this since mm. that workshop because yeah. it seemed to be something that was really important it was a real gap yeah. that we hadn't really addressed the fact that bodies can go wrong yeah and acceptance um would be somewhere like where we talk about body positivity mm. and like you should love your body well that's nearly impossible yeah and like you say you like bits of you occasionally yeah. and some yeah. bits you don't yeah and so more like body acceptance mm. is a much more practical way of thinking about yeah. it i can still do this 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 yeah. and this but i can't do that yeah that went wrong but i've still got this this yeah. and this and it just reminds me of what my gran used to say which was like i've got my health and it's like or oh, count your blessings yeah and it and it sounds very trite but mm. if you think about what that actually yeah. means yeah it's like it, it's quite um it's quite helpful emotionally Absolutely, yeah. to to view yourself in a wider context. Yeah, the whole, yeah. 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 Look outside of yourself. And, and I think for me, that I'm very fortunate to have got my two daughters. And I'm in a place where I can go, my body actually has done amazing. And it went through three losses consecutively in such a short amount of time. Mm. Went through so much. And then I've had my daughters and gone through those births and breastfeeding journeys and all the, the rest of it. And I am so fortunate and I can really look at myself and go, yeah, that time was really hard mm. and that was a lot on my body and my body didn't do what I'd expected it to do. But actually then it did give me these daughters and and that's amazing. But I know that third miscarriage, I looked, I hated my body, I hated yeah. everything about, I felt like I was betrayed in my own body. I felt like my husband looked at me and he didn't, but in my mind, he thought, what have I done? Yeah. Who have I married? Yeah. You can't even give me the thing that we wanted. You know, and he never in a million years thought that and never gave any reason for me to think that other than my own head had ran away with itself. And yeah. again, it was that shame cycle that I'd got into. Absolutely. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, I'm, I'm conscious that there's a, there's a difference between acceptance and mm. toxic positivity. Yes, And absolutely. I think what, what tends, you know, the tendency of people seeing somebody in such a deep depression, mm. seeing somebody who's, who's yeah. racked with shame yeah. about things that have happened to them. Yeah. The tendency is for us to go, oh well, at least this. Yes. And it is the count the county blessings yeah. idea, but yeah. um, at least is is yeah. Never is, start the sentence. It's, it's the much least. worse yeah. because it's not seeing the person where they are, and it's not Absolutely. acknowledging that pain. Yeah. Um, 
acceptance when you're mm. that depressed is nearly mm. impossible. Uh, yeah. And there's something about and there's something understanding that around sitting in it. Yeah, exactly. Sitting in that feeling. And you know, no one wants to sit there in that feeling. Nobody does, but that's all you can do when you're in those moments and and you do have to learn how to sit with it because I know for me in my own personality, I'm not one that sits with things. Go, go, go all the time. Let's fix the problem. Let's do something else. Let's distract. Let's avoid. Let's, you know, that's who I am. Mm. And that was hard to learn to sit. I literally had to learn how to sit with a bad feeling. Um, and that's not easy. And it took a lot of therapy yes, <laughs> to do I, that. And I would say a lot of people are similar in that we, we're encouraged not to yeah. sit with emotion. Yeah. We're encouraged to crack on. And some of that is capitalism and the yeah. fact that we have to keep working. Yeah. And some of it is that we struggle to yeah be deep and not yeah. superficial so you know yeah how, how are you i'm fine yeah um that sort of let's mm. let's just waft over this mm. thing but yeah. actually feeling you're depressed for a reason yeah. you're depressed because you've lost mm. children mm. and your expectations utterly shattered you've yeah. got your thought processes mm. going the person i love doesn't want me yeah there's a lot to think about and yeah. to understand in that Absolutely. and if you don't sit in it and squash it mm. that's gonna come back yeah. and bite you oh absolutely i think that is definitely i see that in myself and i see it in others as well um it is it's just such a minefield isn't it yeah um <laughs> and you know we we know you know go growing up in teenage years and puberty like you're growing and you're changing and you're learning about yourself but i don't think we ever hold any weight in the fact that we are still doing that in adulthood yeah and you know regardless of whether you become a parent or you don't you are still changing and adapting physically and emotionally yeah all the time and you know we don't really discuss that we don't talk about that you know i thought i still am waiting to be an adult you know i'm waiting <laughs> to have it all together like i, I thought thinking, i would <laughs> i always think that i if i'm struggling i always think there must be a more adulty adult yes. somewhere that i can yeah. talk to yeah i uh, <laughs> i'm still waiting for that you know yeah. to be like you know, stop worrying about these things because, you know, just get on with it. We can do it and yeah. we can be present. And we, I'm still waiting for yeah. that. And I don't think we ever get there. No, and it, I think it probably gets, it probably gets more so because as we mm. age and still feel a lot of us, I think, won't allow us to uh, articulate this or really acknowledge it. But I think all through life, yeah. we're feeling like, really, is this, this is it? I've been left. Yeah just to get on with it yeah. and then your own parents die yeah. yeah and then you're kind of oh I'm, I'm now like this uber adult yeah. and i still don't know what i'm doing yeah. so yeah. i think just admitting that we're all re realistically we're all winging it yeah in in the directions we're going in absolutely. none of us have been where we are before absolutely and, and, and the same with in with that thought in terms of like the body image i can remember being at a baby group and seeing someone come in and thinking she looks so confident in herself as a mother, in herself, in her body, and she was breastfeeding and she had a dress on and she looked beautiful. <laughs> she is actually a really close friend of me, mine now. I remember hating her actually in that moment yeah. because I didn't look or feel yeah. like that. <laughs> and she was like, I know, I was like, how dare you come in here with makeup on, looking all <laughs> fresh? And I thought, God, she's so confident. Will I ever feel like that about myself? Mm. She didn't feel like that at all. We became friends and she was clinically depressed at that time. And it was a big mask and that's yeah. what she did. But yeah. I felt so jealous that I didn't have this confidence. But actually, no, none of us have this huge amount of confidence. Yeah, I'm sure some people are more confident than others. And I'm yeah. sure there's different times in our lives where you feel more confident and less. But 
I don't think anyone could hand on heart and go, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm the shit. I'm the best. No. None of us can do that. And I think the minute you, the minute you realise that makes mind reading yeah. go. Yeah. Or at least lessen. Yeah. So the minute you go, if you're feeling anxious in a room and you're thinking, everybody's looking at me yeah. because of such and such. They're all sitting there going, everybody's looking at me. And we're all in our little bubbles of anxiety or concern. Absolutely. And, you know, very, well, occasionally you get, you meet somebody who really literally does look at everybody and judge them. Yeah. But, you know, the majority of us are basically, we're just consumed with all of these things all the time. And the thought I think of um, that I know a lot of friends share is like, well, when I'm, when I look like this, it'll be better. Or when yeah. I'm this size, it'll be better. Or when I can fit into that, or you know, whatever it is. When I'm when I'm there, everything will be better. Yeah. And it's never enough. No. It's never enough. You know, we, you can go and have all the Botox and the fillers and the diets and whatever else, but you can get to that point and it won't ever be enough. Because you're always thinking, what's the next yeah. thing? And and we spend so much time trying to think about what it might be in the future. Mm. And, and striving for things in the future yeah. better job better partner yeah. better sex better dress yeah. whatever yeah we don't spend enough time actually living in, in the, the present we're in. yeah absolutely and that's such a show yeah yeah i think i wasted a lot of my 20s thinking oh everything will be great when i'm thinner <laughs> you know and, <laughs> and then it, you look at pictures of what you were oh like god i know and you go oh my word I and know. i thought i looked so bad isn't it just baffling when you do that you know and i, I speak to so many mums who say that you know they'll look at pictures from however long ago and they'll be like and i thought i was fat on yeah. that picture yeah it's appalling it is just you know and i i can't ever imagine the feeling like of my daughters looking at a picture going Mummy, I look fat. You know, oh, God, that just breaks my heart to oh, think great, about. Yeah. I never want them to feel like that. Mm. Um, and this is why we're working yeah. so hard at CEDA to do the yeah. prevention and early Absolutely. intervention work. And it, and it's not like, you know, an, a, a, a fairly local organisation, you know, even yeah. a regional organisation. Yeah. But it's not like we can change the narrative. No. But no. The more people can be starting to mm. notice, yeah, and help and these the conversations, <laughs> yeah, having yeah. conversations like this, podcasts like this, the work that you do, um, and I think you know the narrative that a lot of people have now is a bit more focused on, you know, healthy body image. You know, it's not super positive, and it's not you know shaming yeah. you because you look a certain way. It's, it's just trying to have a healthy, yeah, healthy conversation, and you know, for men and for women as well. You know, I, I hope that things are different. I hope my daughters grow up with a different mentality around it. And, you know, we can do all we can to protect them. But also, it's not just us. You know, there's so many other things that exactly. go on. And hopefully it's, it, it's it'll be cultural. easier. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's fast. It's it, it's cultural. It's mm. historic. We've mm. done, you know, we've we've tried to be a certain shape or form or yeah. for, forever. And, mm. and I think... The, the the narrative is changing in that I think we are starting to talk more about what really happens in life emotionally yeah. um, and, and, and experientially rather than just having all these mm. unspoken uh, mm. expectations. And yeah, I think absolutely. that's good. But if we're still, you know, if we're still at 60% of, mm. over 60% of women yeah. having a negative body image, negative negative body image is still the norm we need yeah. it needs to change isn't it that needs so to go sad the other way. it's it's horrific, so sad really yeah and complex yeah it really is and it, you know like we've sort of talked about throughout everyone has such different experiences 
um, and you know different family lives, different narratives at home, you know different friendship groups, different hobbies, sports, you know all of those things impact on how you will see yourself and it's so individual Mm -hmm. and I imagine that must be really challenging for the work that you do because it is so nuanced it's not you know a you know tick tick list of right do this this and this and you'll be fine if only yeah if only and I think that's what makes um the conversations that we have at the end of the workshop I Mm. think that's what makes them incredibly enlightening but also quite hard yeah, because there there isn't a tick box. There yeah. is, and people people you know, understandably want a list. Yeah, I would like a list <laughs> of things that I need to do when I'm working with people. Yeah, um, but this this is such a, a system um, effect. Mm. There are so many things going on mm. that those individual stories are all we've, are all we've really got. Yeah. So each person that shares stories on that workshop mm. will connect with somebody else yeah. in in our way yeah but they'll also start to realize they're not, not the only person that's got these concerns that's struggling mm. to talk to friends that's struggling mm. to cope with their own shame yeah just yeah just having those chats absolutely even if it is a very individual experience means there is commonality and we can come together over yeah. that absolutely. common understanding i think yeah no and i think you know the work that you do is incredible and it's so needed um, I think it's needed more than we know mm. um, and it, I think sometimes it can be quite overlooked sort of body image even disordered eating I think isn't recognized yeah. a lot and I know I learned so much from that training that I really saw things differently in myself I thought oh I do that <laughs> which is not what I would have I would never say oh I've got an eating disorder but actually there were certain things I thought oh yeah I recognize that in myself and mm. it's so necessary the work that you do and these types of conversations are so important and so necessary. Um, I'm really grateful that you've been able to come in and chat today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I'm hopefully people will find this really helpful and I'll pop some links in the episode description so people can find out a little bit more and, and maybe start having some more conversations as well. Brilliant. Hope yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Franklin. Thank you for listening to On A Lighter Note podcast. Brought to you by Light, a pre- and postnatal peer support charity covering Sheffield, Rotherham, Doncaster and the surrounding areas. If you feel you'd like to learn more about Light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description.